Welcome in to Red Zone Radio. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Just a reminder, you can listen to Red Zone Radio on the iHeart Radio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere that you get your podcasts. We've got a lot to get into today, so let's get right into it. And let's start off with the Jets, Aaron Rodgers. It has now been a couple days since Jets uh, officials have flew out to California, met with him, and at this point, it's kind of Aaron Rodgers' decision. It's his move, and we'll see where this goes. But something that's really interesting to me is that you would think that there are a lot of Jets fans that are excited about Aaron Rodgers, but it's a little more split than I would have thought um, in terms of them signing Aaron Rodgers. And I kind of thought to myself, you know, look, I've heard a lot of stuff this week. I've heard that they shouldn't go up a first-round pick for Rodgers. I've read a lot about this, and the opinions vary across the board. And at the end of the day, by the way, and I've said this before on this podcast, I was like, if you go back to like three years ago when they drafted Jordan Love, the second, the like the day after they drafted him, I was like, I was like one of the only people that was defending the Packers, and now all of a sudden, like the, everybody has turned on Aaron Rodgers. And listen, I I get it to an extent. All right, maybe he's not like Tom Brady, in the sense that he is a like like he's like Tom Brady's all about football. If he's at the podium, you got nothing to worry about. You you know what you're getting with Tom Brady, and you know he's dedicated. All right? Maybe he's not like Tom Brady. There's not a lot of people like Tom Brady. There's not a lot of Tom Brady, Kobe-like players out there. Okay? But that does not mean that Aaron Rodgers is not worth the first-round pick. In my opinion, if I were the Jets, I would have no problem giving up a first-round pick, giving up a player for Aaron Rodgers. Go back to a lot of their games last year. It it, it hurt them that they did not have a a superstar quarterback. It hurt them that, 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 you know, nothing against Zach Wilson, but when he played... It damaged the team. I'm not saying Zach Wilson can't get better, but it appears as if his New York... It appears as if the clock is kind of ticked. I mean, look, they've already moved on from it, it during the season. They, they, like, I think that... I mean, that boat has... That ship has sailed. Um, but it, it definitely hurt them that they didn't have a, a star quarterback. And, and I just think you look at Aaron Rodgers, you look at what he can do. By the way... People are acting as if it's looking in the rearview mirror to bring up his two MVPs. That was the year before this last season, and he won it back-to-back. I'm not going back five seasons, four seasons, even three seasons ago. I'm going back to the year before this one, and I I just... And people are like, well... It's because clearly he was, Devontae Adams was a big part of his numbers. Listen, Patrick Mahomes 
is the only quarterback, in my opinion, right now in the league that does not need a star receiver in order to be an MVP, cal- in order to be a, a top three quarterback. Like, like a quarterbacks need a, a, a number one target. And before this year, he had Tyreek Hill, but like, Joe Burrow's got Jamar Chase, and Josh Allen has Stephon Diggs, and like we don't hold it against these guys that they have those because co- of the, of course you need uh, receivers, you need star receivers. If you're going to be a Super Bowl caliber team, you need good receivers. Uh, Matthew Stafford last year had Cooper Cup daring one of the best seasons we've ever seen from a receiver in NFL history. You need receivers and weapons and and pieces. So I mean, you can say yeah, Devontae Adams, sure. And and when he obviously taking out one of the best receivers in the game is going to damage your numbers to an extent. Um, and no, we didn't put up MVP numbers types this year, but this is one year. Or I could bring up the previous two before this. That's not like like we're not talking about five years ago. We're talking about the year before the season when he lost his all-world receiver, okay? And, like, I get it. He does a lot of stuff off the field, not necessarily um, off-field issues. That's not He doesn't have anything like that. But, he, you know, drama a little bit in the offseason. I understand that. But I, if I were the Jets, I'm like, we just had – when was the last time we drafted Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson – and when was the last time the Jets don't had a team that was actually like this team? And you might be like, well, well they've had decent teams, you know, with Rex Ryan. Yes, yes, they've had deep playoff runs and good teams with Rex Ryan. But all of those years, to an extent, they were like a Cinderella, right? Like they were like, like, maybe not a 16 seed in the tournament, but they were like a double-digit seed in the tournament going to the Final Four when they did that. And uh, if you add Aaron Rodgers to the mix, you're no longer going to, like, like it's not going to take a miracle for you to get to the, to the you know, AFC Championship. It's not going to take a miracle to get to the playoffs. You're going to have a chance. You can actually, you know, have a quarterback that goes up against Josh Allen twice a year, and you're like, oh, yeah, they're pretty similar in talent. I just, I, I don't see where the, like, like where the Jets fans that don't want it, I, I just, I, I cannot see where they're coming from. Um, I, I think it would be, I think it would fit. Uh, and, and speaking, staying in the AFC, let's go to uh, the Lamar Jackson Ravens situation. He's going to have a, uh, he had exclusive franchise tag placed on him. Um, meaning that the Ravens were basically saying, let's let the market decide what you're going to get paid in a way. Because, the, because uh, obviously Lamar wanted more. He wanted in the realm with the Sean Watson's contract. And the Ravens are like, no, that's crazy. Um, and here, here's here's the one thing that would concern me. And I talked about this a couple weeks ago. And you know, and I, if you listen to that, you kind of know my standpoint on this, which is I believe the Ravens should not pay him what Lamar Jackson is worth. 
okay, or I, I apologize, should not pay him what Deshaun Watson's contract is worth. I, I think that's, I just don't understand that logic. Um, sure, Lamar is better than Deshaun Watson is, and I believe that, and he doesn't have the off-field issues, and I understand that. But, like, I think anybody can look at the contract that Deshaun Watson signed. It would be one thing if the contract Deshaun Watson signed was, like, standard for good quarterbacks, Right? That contract was a complete outlier, made all sorts of history, and he just, let's be honest about it, Deshaun Watson got severely overpaid because the Browns were desperate for a star quarterback. And the Ravens are like, look, Lamar, we like you, but we are, we're not going to just pay you in a, in a crazy contract because the Browns did it. And, and like, like, do you have another argument out there other than Deshaun Watson did it, the Browns did it, so you should too? And I kind of understand that from the Ravens. That's kind of my standpoint on this, which is like, as good as Lamar Jackson is, he has been injured a lot. And like, like you, any, that contract, it's just so team damaging in terms of who you can pick up, what weapons you can pick up. You're not going to be able to compete in the AFC with the contract. And so I agree with the Ravens from that standpoint. Here's the one thing that I was kind of uh, thinking about, which which would concern me if I was the Ravens, which is this. Let's say hypothetically Lamar Jackson is out the door, right? Let's say a team pays him a lot of money and, and, they, and you trade him. The one thing... That would concern me if I was the Ravens. And again, I do not believe Lamar Jackson should be paid what he's asking for. It's the fact that, but but the one thing that would concern me is the fact that you're in the AFC. And if the reports with the Jets are true, and they are true, um, but but if that paints out, if that turns out to be true, that would mean. Aaron Rodgers is now in the conference. And that would mean if you don't have Lamar Jackson, I don't know who you're going to play at quarterback because the only other quarterback you can put in there that's on the market is uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And by the way, I've been a big defender of Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't think... He's gonna take you to the promised land in the AFC specifically. Uh, I I I think it, it's too good of a conference. The quarterbacks, especially, listen. Last year, you got a lot of add, added talent to the conference, and a lot of great quarterbacks added to the conference. But let's not forget. Not only would you have the addition of Aaron Rodgers. You also have the addition of Sean Payton in the conference, and I believe that Russell Wilson will, re- will return to his former state. I really believe that Sean Payton will get him back to what he was in Seattle. Sean Payton is a great coach, and I, I think that's what's going to happen. And so you look around at the forget about the conf- 
conference. What about in division? You can't even compete in division if you don't have Lamar Jackson. Because even though Deshaun Watson struggled last year, you still got to face Deshaun Watson twice a year. You still have to face Joe Burrow twice a year. You're not going to be able to compete in your own division, let alone in the conference. And I think that the Ravens kind of know that. And I think Lamar Jackson is calling his bluff, uh, calling their bluff. And he's saying, listen, I'm going to say I want Sean Watson made. But he's thinking in his head, he's like, maybe, may, I don't know, maybe he does believe he's worth what he's asking for. And I'm not saying that he's not really good. But maybe he's also kind of thinking like this is the time to negotiate this. Especially, I'm telling you, if there, if over the weekend or next week or whenever, if there, if there, if you hear the news that Aaron Rodgers is signed to the Packer or to, to the Jets, nobody is going to be happier about it than Lamar Jackson, because now he's saying, listen. You might not want to pay me this much, and maybe deep down, I don't think I, maybe I don't even think I should be paid that. But you kind of have to, because not only do you got Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson in your division, let's go down the list of quarterbacks that's in the conference. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Russell Wilson, say what you will, he's got Sean Payton, like I said, I believe he will be back. Aaron Rodgers, if this deal is done. Deshaun Watson. He's like, if you want to compete in the division, in the conference, you need a dynamic guy quarterback like me. And where are you going to get it from? The draft is, not only do I not think there's a quarterback in the draft that's going to be polished enough by next season to compete with any of those quarterbacks I mentioned, the Ravens aren't even going to be, I mean, unless they, I mean, not obviously if they trade Lamar Jackson, but they're not really going to be in a position to draft him unless something changes drastically. And if Lamar Jackson traded, it will be. But also, like I said, there's not really a lot of quarterbacks on the market, especially Aaron Rodgers is gone. And so you, you look around at the conference, and by the way, that is if Lamar Jackson is not, like all those quarterbacks I mentioned, that's if Lamar Jackson is traded out of conference. Now, I imagine they would try to trade him out of conference, but you might add Lamar Jackson to that list of people you got to face. And so, I, I, I really think that, why I don't think Lamar Jackson's pay is worth what he's saying, and I don't think they should pay him that much. There's also this element to it, and this is where obviously the general managing comes in, that's like, may, all that's true. But at this specific time, he's got all the leverage. He's got all the leverage. That's kind of my opinion on it. All right, we're going to shift to a little bit of basketball. Um, because we are getting closer to selection Sunday. Is this Sunday? Um, so next week, people are going to start filling out their brackets, which is fun. It's always fun. Um, but also, you got uh, NBA playoffs, which are coming up uh, in about a month. And so, there's a lot going on with a lot of teams. The Grizzlies drama, and the Warriors can't find a way to win on the road, and the Lakers 
LeBron trying to get to the playoffs. He's hurt, though. Anthony Davis trying to carry them into the playoffs desperately. And so here's something I was thinking about with with LeBron James. He has got so much riding on this year, in my opinion. And when I say that, I don't mean like if they don't, I don't necessarily mean that if they lose and they don't make the playoffs or whatever, I, I really don't know. That's not really going to impact his legacy. What I more mean, forget about, maybe that was the wrong phrase. Maybe I should say he's got so much potentially to gain this offseason. And here's why. So we know that forever people have been saying, well, he doesn't have six rings, so you can't compare him to Jordan. Okay, now look, I personally, like, like I don't necessarily have, like, like I'm not like, like, there are a lot of people who are very passionate, Michael's the GOAT, LeBron's the GOAT, I, 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 can, I see an argument for both, I, I absolutely do, okay? But I do think that you do have to point out some things that are important when discussing the debate. And the first is, Michael Jordan, when he won, absolutely, he was the star of the team. Okay, absolutely. No doubt about that. But, I mean, he wasn't, like, like he, he was not playing. It, like, we act sometimes... As if he was playing with nobody. Scottie Pippen. Dennis Rodman. Oh, he also had the greatest coach in the history of the game as his coach. And you say, well, LeBron was too. Okay, that's fair. In Miami, he had talent. In Miami, there was a good culture. Absolutely. But what did he also do? He went back to Cleveland, which was a mess. And yeah, he recruited Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving there. That was no super team. Oh, and let's also talk about what happened when he went to Cleveland, which was the fact that another super team formed in the Warriors. And he had to face them every year. He took a broken-down Cleveland team to the finals. And I was seeing comments about this the other day. And people are like, well, and J.R. Smith was talking about this. And I don't necessarily disagree with him. And people in the comments were like, the whole thing about LeBron's team is... If you win, it's LeBron that won, and if you lose, it's the team's fault. And why that may be true in the regular season, that is not the case in the playoffs and or finals. Um, every time he gets he loses in the finals, it's like it's never like oh well, you know maybe it's maybe it's just not that easy to be to be going up against the dynasty. Maybe it's hard to beat Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green in their primes. Like, nobody really talked about that. It was more so about the fact that LeBron has a losing record in the finals and Michael Jordan never lost. And I think something we really need to take into consideration is that when Michael Jordan was in the league, his team, and when he was in the finals, his team was the dynasty. And his team was the team. And you say, well, that's because of Michael. Again, 
absolutely, he was a big part of it. But Michael never had a dynasty form. He never had the greatest shooter in the history of the planet to recruit arguably the greatest, if not one of the top three greatest offensive players in the history of the planet, and Kevin Durant, and then another top 10 shooter of all time in Klay Thompson, and then I would argue a top 10 defensive player of all time in Draymond Green, and a great coach in Steve Kerr, and an absolute great uh, home court advantage. Not that that buys too much into it, but let's play a factor, okay? Like, he never had that happen to him because his team was that team. He was the dynasty. He recruited the players. And you say, well, LeBron just doesn't do a good job recruiting. Sure. I I could even agree with that. However, that's not what the debate is. The debate is, who is the greatest of all time? Who is the greatest basketball player of all time? And so, I think that when I say LeBron's got a lot to gain this offseason, let's play the hypothetical game. If LeBron is somehow able to pull off a championship, and by the way, Kevin Durant, now was injured again, yeah, he'll be back by the playoffs, but he is injured again. The Grizzlies, we don't know when they're going to get John Morant back, and the Warriors... Do not know how to win on the road. You could say they'll fix it by playoff time, but we don't know that. The East is extremely physical, and they're going to be worn down. And the Lakers are emerging right now. And by the way, LeBron, why hurt, is getting rest. So, And we don't even know if they're going to make the playoffs, and I understand that. But we're saying if they do. LeBron's going to come back rested. He can make a run in the playoffs. And what does that mean for his legacy if he does? Okay, so we'd have five championships. You'd have the all-time leading scoring record, which is a pretty big deal. The reality is he's probably not going to get six championships. But if he gets five, okay, I, I just, I don't know. And again, I'm not saying that would definitely make him the GOAT. But I think like most people, sure, there are some younger, like like it's probably... In the past years, it's probably shifted more to like 40, 50. And that might be being generous to LeBron in terms of people that th- that that t- statistic doesn't make sense. 60, 40, I apologize. In term- and that statistic is probably being generous to LeBron. It's probably more like 70, 30 in terms of people thinking Michael's to go versus LeBron's to go. I think you're, you would see that shift a lot more if you like – because here's the thing. If he does get five, you can still say, well, Michael Jordan's got more rings. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. But at the same time, like, we're not talking about a gap. Like, like we're talking about a one-ring gap. And then you go down to individual statistics. And when you go down to individual statistics, LeBron is is way past him in all-time points, way past him in all-time assists. And he would be one championship shy, and he would not have done it. He would have done it on three different teams. I think that's a big deal, and I think that's why LeBron's got a lot to gain. You can say who you think is the GOAT, and I understand if you think Michael's the GOAT. But I think the argument of, well, I mean, Michael's got six rings. I think if LeBron gets five, it's severely, like, it was one thing when LeBron had three and two and all that. 
when you talk about six to four and a potentially six to five rings, that's no longer like a like a substantial like that like that's no longer like something that you can just always point to. Be like that is why. Okay, so he's got one more championship. I I it, it, like like let me ask you this: If Peyton Manning had six rings and Tom Brady had seven. I'm not saying everyone will consider Peyton Manning the GOAT, and I'm not saying Tom Brady would still be considered the GOAT, but don't you think that conversation is a lot different? And don't you think that shift is like, okay, so he won more championship, but he had Bill Belichick, and he had Rob Gronkowski, and he had the culture, and he had the bad AFC division. I think that's a different conversation, seven to one, or seven to two, I should say, than seven to six. Just like you can now say, okay, so Michael had one more championship, but he had the culture, he had Phil Jackson, he had Scottie Pippen. All those years, LeBron had three different teams. I think the conversation shifts so dramatically if he pulls within one championship, and we'll see what happens. Um, and I'll kind of, and I'll kind of end this rant, uh, if you will. But I just think that's a really important factor to think about. I'm not predicting they'll do it, but I'm just saying, like, you cannot sit there if you're a basketball fan watching these games and you're like, listen, LeBron is hurt, yeah, but he's getting rest. Anthony Davis can pull, can hold it down for a couple weeks. John Morant's out. The Warriors can't win away. They, they just cannot win on the road, period. Uh, <laughs> Denver is great. Don't deny the fact that Nikola Jokic, uh, that they are very Joker heavy. They are very Nikola Jokic heavy. They almost lean on him too much at times. The Lakers have got, have got the you know the shooting and the explosiveness to take them down. And the East is physical, and I think they're going to eat. I think Giannis and Embiid, I think those guys are going to eat each other alive, and they're going to be worn down by the time the finals come. I'm just saying, I think the stars are kind of aligning a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. We'll see what happens. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, and I'll see you next time on Red Zone Radio.